Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone to episode number 131 from Delving into Islam podcast. This is your host, Wa'il, and it is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a privilege that I'm able to talk to you about the religion of Islam and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowing me to share my knowledge with you. Thank you so much for listening and participating and sending in all your questions and suggestions. And speaking of which, if you have any questions or suggestions, please email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com. Again, delvingintoislam at gmail.com. And I will get back to you as soon as possible, inshallah. Also, if you want to know uh, about the release dates of the episodes, the breaks, the episode titles, and you know all these things, you can follow me on Instagram at delving into islam podcast again delving into islam podcast uh, now uh, delving into islam is for anyone whether you're remotely curious about the religion of islam or if you're thinking about becoming a muslim or if you just became a muslim or if you've been a muslim all of your life and just want to learn more about islam this podcast is for you inshallah uh, and i believe this inshallah is going to be the last episode during the month of ramadan may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept uh, our fasting and our good deeds, you know, and uh, uh, for the new Muslims who are, you know, this is their first Ramadan. I hope that uh, Ramadan was easy on you. And uh, inshallah, you know, the rest of the days, the few couple of days left will be uh, even easier. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept uh, all of your deeds. Uh, and inshallah, uh, make dua that in the future, Ramadan will be even easier on you guys and, you know, uh, it will be more beneficial uh, with the increase of knowledge, inshallah. Now, with that being said, let's get right into today's topic. And uh, we will continue in today's topic talking about the Antichrist. Uh, we had, uh, I believe, two episodes talking about him. And, uh, you know, from the things we learned, if, if I want to recap, is number one, he is alive right now. Uh, and we uh, that was specifically uh, addressed in the last episode, you know, when we talked about, you know, where he exists on the island of the Antichrist. And we mentioned that, again, the hadith that the Prophet ﷺ told us about, even though it's a billion percent authentic, billion per percent authentic, right? Uh, which is the hadith of Tamim al-Dari, the companion, who uh, told the Prophet ﷺ that he met no, no, he didn't say I met the Jal or I met the Antichrist. He just said I met a man who did this and said that, and the Prophet said that is the Antichrist. Now we said that very literally, like two or three scholars, just a very few, like on top of them is the the Imam Ibn Uthaymin. They just said we. This is an. They literally said those, even those, the one who have a problem, a little bit of a problem with the Hadith. They uh, said that it is authentic. We're not rejecting the hadith. You know, they said that they're just in our chest has something, just a little bit. But the majority, the overwhelming majority of the scholars, they have no single problem with the hadith. Even the companions never had any certain, you know, any issue with the hadith. And we talked about the, you know, controversies, why these couple of scholars have a problem. And we addressed, you know, the responses to those problems, inshallah. So if you haven't done so already, please go back and listen to the previous episode. Also, we described the Antichrist physically. 
And we said, what will, you know, how is going to look like? And we described that he will uh, come to us or emerge, right? He's shackled right now. He is chained by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he shall be allowed to exit uh, to basically start his reign on earth after three years of difficulties, right? Of, of, of drought, of hunger, and people will be desperate. And, and, and in desperate need of help and support from anybody, right? And that will be a global drought and a global hunger. Also, uh, we said that he will emerge during uh, an extreme anger. He will become very angry because of the progression of the Muslims, and more specifically led by the Mahdi, which we talked about in detail in the last season. So the Mahdi will progress, and we said we talked about the Armageddon and all these things, and the Muslims, even after the battle of the Armageddon, right, or, or the last battle on earth, they will, uh, or the last war on earth, uh, they will start, you know, expanding the Islamic government, and again, that will lead him to uh, become extremely angry because uh, the progression of Muslims is something that he does not want. And again, Allah is allowing him, of course, to do so. And why would Allah allow him? That is a question we also answered. We said that he is the greatest trial for mankind. He is the greatest test for mankind. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that the believers can take it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cause the Dajjal or the Antichrist to emerge to truly test the true believer from the hypocrite, from the disbeliever. Because you have three, you have maybe, let's say, four categories of people. Complete disbelievers when it comes from an Islamic perspective. Complete disbelievers. Then within Islam, you have three categories. You have a hypocrite, someone who pretends to be a Muslim, but they don't like Islam. They don't approve of Islam, but they're like, you know, going with the flow and you have an average muslim someone who is not uh, on the level of a believer right an average muslim sometimes they pray sometimes they don't and it's just you know they try but their iman is is weak their faith is weak and of course you have the top of the line which is the believers now you have the believers who are trying to please Allah as much as they can, you know, and, and they're trying hard. They're not just, you know, oh, I tried to pray, but uh, I was too too exhausted, so just uh, let it go. No, those, the believers try their best. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to distinguish between all these categories, right? And Allah, that, that's what the, any test, by the way, we go through shows. If you're patient, if you know what to do when, it, when you're hit with a calamity, you are from the believers. Then if you act a little bit less, you know, in a, in a faithful way, then you are not a believer. You could be an average Muslim and so on and so forth. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cause the Antichrist or will allow the Antichrist to emerge for uh, the greatest test for all of mankind. And again, we might witness this. We might be from the ones who will witness this or not. We don't know. We don't know if the Mahdi will come very soon or later on or after we die. Allah knows best. So that is that. And we said that he will uh, enter every town on earth. Literally every town on earth he will enter. And the Prophet said something very interesting and we will analyze what he said. Uh, in this episode he said if you ever hear about the antichrist coming your way coming to your town pack up and leave leave don't even don't think you can face the antichrist 
Don't think, even if you have, mashallah, strong faith, if you are a true believer, one of the elite, no. Leave. The Prophet commanded us to leave and not to try to face off with the companion, except for one. There's one person, and we'll talk about his story, who will actually, who is mentioned by the Prophet that he will uh, stand up to the, to the Antichrist, and we'll talk about that. Now, a few things we did not um, mention that I want to mention now, which is, first of all, when he emerges, when he announces himself, right? It will be at a time where no one is talking about him. The Prophet tells us he will emerge to, to the world when nobody in the world is talking about him. Even the imams in the mosques are not talking about the jet. They'll be talking about other stuff, but nobody's talking about the jet. Now, we don't know why. Is it because of weak faith? People will lose faith or he won't be an interesting topic anymore like uh, like maybe because of the struggle for 3 years of you know of drought that muslims will focus on boosting the iman of you know other muslims or the people around them and you know to make them feel more powerful uh, and more patient to you know be able to bear the, the the difficulties throughout those 3 years and that will automatically make them completely forget about talking about the jail or the antichrist allah knows best but what we know for a fact that he will emerge in a time where no one will be talking about him no muslims no christians nobody will be talking about the antichrist and that will be around that time another thing that when he emerges when he you know comes out he will uh spend on earth his reign will be 40 days again his reign on earth will be 40 days now i'm assuming many of you will say well that's not so bad right that's not so bad what do you mean 40 days you guys are making that big of a deal about 40 come on 40 days come on how bad could it be 40 days well let's hear what the prophet how he described the 40 days the first day the prophet told us will pass like a year a literal year not it's going to be so difficult that oh you know when people say well this 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 thing is too long i feel like it's been a year already no 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 it will and again we talked about supernatural stuff right happening during you know towards the end of time and that's one of them you know the first day of the 40 days will literally pass like a year the second day will pass like a month. The third day, of course, you know where I'm going with this, will pass like a week. Then the rest of the days will be normal days. Again, very interesting description of the reign or the time period uh, of the reign of the Antichrist. It will be 40 days. The Prophet said, 40 days. The first day will be like a year. The second day will be like a month. The third day will be like a week. And the rest of the days will be like, like basically the 37 days left will feel like normal days. Which makes it way longer, if you think about it, than 40 days. And imagine this, when the day is physically 
when it physically feels like a year and you have a ruler who is the most dangerous probably human being ever again Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is was preparing him to be the greatest trial ever for mankind so like we said he will be the ultimate villain the 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 the, the, the well actually there are villains that will come after him that we'll talk about but he is the worst villain if you want to call it you know uh, he will be the worst villain and he his time won't be easy the 40 days won't be easy even if you're escaping it's there's the sense of fear and don't worry again this is all a test this is all a test from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and if you follow allah's guidance the guidance of the sunnah of the prophet and do exactly what the prophet told us to do which is if you encounter him if you hear about him leave and be patient he will do certain things that the, and the prophet and again we'll describe it in a second he told us many things that the antichrist will do and how to deal with them okay now for the believer so if, if believers were able to see Dajjal, again, and I'm, I'm pretty sure there will be believers who will encounter Dajjal, not everybody will be able to run away. They will see the three letters on his forehead that no one else will see, even the average Muslim. So only this is only a bonus for the believers. And Allah, of course, knows who is a believer and who is not. So this is, again, another supernatural bonus for the believer. The believer will see a, a three-letter word on the forehead of the Antichrist. Kaf, fa, ra. Kaf, fa, ra. Or kufr. So the scholars are saying kaf, ra, then of the word kufr in Arabic means disbelieve. Or kafara means disbelieved, that this person disbelieved. So basically, you'll able to clearly know that this is the Antichrist. Allah will literally show you on his forehead, as a believer, only the believers will see this, the word kufr or kafara. We don't know, because in Arabic, by the way, they're both written the same way. That's why there is uh, there are two opinions about it. Because the word in Arabic is kaf, the letter kaf, the letter fat, the letter ra. And it's a three-letter word that could be pronounced as kufr, which is disbelief, or kafara, the same exact uh, you know, uh, spelling, but it's a different pronunciation. It's kafara, meaning someone who disbelieved, and kufr means disbelief itself. Either way, it's the same, basically the same thing, right? So the, this, the, the, the believer will know that this is not a God, not Allah. He, he has on his forehead written disbeliever, you know? So that is a very interesting thing that the Prophet ﷺ told us about, which is a bonus for just the believers, okay? Now, we mentioned also in, I believe, in the first episode, talking about the Antichrist, that his followers will be mainly from the Jews of Asfahan, the Jews of, of, of uh, from this place uh, in Iran, and the uh, 70,000 of them. And then the second uh, type of followers will be uh, in number in, in terms of, you know, like quantity will be the Christians. And then you will have Muslims also following him. Those with weak faith, those who were never practicing Muslims. And again, this is not something against the Jews, but that's what's written. Right? That is what's written, that they will follow him. And we mentioned why. 
We mentioned why the Jews uh, will, uh, you know, wanna will believe that he is God because the Jews always they were always waiting for a king, a powerful king. They believe the mainstream Jewish people. They believe that the Messiah, the true Messiah, will be a powerful king, a very powerful king, and they actually have a title for him. It's Melich Mashiach. Melich Mashiach. This is actually in Hebrew. And it basically, it's someone from the descendant of David, Dawood, and Prophet Solomon and Suleiman. And we know that David is the father, uh, Prophet David is the father of Prophet Solomon or Suleiman. So they believe, this is in the mainstream Jewish tradition, that the, the, the Messiah, the coming Messiah, will be a king, a powerful king. And they have the name for him, Melich Mishach, and he basically shall be a descendant from David and uh, Prophet David and Prophet Solomon, and he shall be anointed in holy oil, and he will bring the end of times. Okay, you can. This is public knowledge. You can look it up online. Now, the Messiah, according to the Jews, is a political figure, not a religious figure. Okay, he is, and again, some. Jews might, you know, uh, uh, disagree with me, but the mainstream Judaism believes that the Messiah shall be a political figure, not a religious figure. A strong and a powerful leader, not someone who's kind and forgiven. And we talked about that and why they, uh, uh, you know, back at the time, the children of Israel, they tried to plot against uh, Jesus Christ, Isa, because they, that was not the Messiah we've been waiting for. Right? That's not the Messiah we've been waiting for, telling us to give the other cheek if you get slapped, and forgiveness and mercy. We want someone who's powerful, like who, like Prophet Musa, السلام, Prophet Moses. Uh, and basically, uh, they also believe that the Messiah is the one to bring restoration to the status of the children of Israel and basically re- rebuild the temple of Israel. As we know that the temple was destroyed and they basically believe that the, the the new messiah will come this is again all in their mainstream beliefs and books now when jesus was sent they were disappointed straight up disappointed because they saw someone who is soft someone who keeps talking about forgiveness someone who keeps talking about you know let it go and be the better person and that was not the case he was not, they They wanted a, a different type of leader. And like I said, there is actually a, a book written by, uh, I forgot the name of the writer, but it's called Forcing the Hand of God. And basically talks about that. They try to force the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we're going to get rid of this prophet that you're sending us, this messenger who's like kind and, and talking about mercy. So you can, and again, they're delusional at the time when they thought they could do that because they were trying to force Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to send someone else who fits the profile that they've been waiting for, you know? And uh, basically, so that is the whole story behind why they plotted against Jesus Christ and they went to the Roman king and they basically told him that Jesus is claiming to be a king and, you know, because he claimed to be Messiah and Messiah in the eyes of the Jews equals, remember, king right now toward the end of time towards the end of time when someone comes with the power and we're going to talk about his powers of the gel of the antichrist and like we said he's gonna in in the beginning he will claim that he is the messiah uh, at first 
So it won't be that difficult to convince the Jews uh, to follow him since he f- literally fits the profile, the Messiah that they've been waiting for, someone powerful, someone with certain abilities, like a, you know, a superhero kind of king, right? And that's why many of them, and again, the majority of his followers will be from the Jews. Now, when we talked about the Christians, we said that the idea of that uh, God is a walking human being is not that foreign to them, right? They, they believe that Jesus Christ is a God, a son of God. He's a God. So it's not that crazy of an idea, right? And that's why we talked about and we defined Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala previously on, in, in this season because we want to show that strict definition of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah cannot be a human being and Allah cannot be deformed because we said the Antichrist will be deformed. He will be a one-eyed, like his eye will be like a floating grape as the Prophet sallallahu described it. This can't be Allah. Allah is way above that. This is impossible. But even though in our tradition, we know exactly who Allah is and we know that Allah cannot be some human looking dude, right? Some weak faith Muslims will follow him because again, and then you see this in our times, you'll see a lot of Muslims who are entertaining ideas that are against Islam. You see it all the time on social media now and even in the media. So yeah, if they exist right now, why can't they exist in the future, those Muslims? Someone with superpowers, someone who commands the sky to rain and it rains. Oh, oh I'm on board. I'm on board, even though, and, and, and I'm pretty sure some Muslims will believe that he's truly God. But even though if they don't believe that he's God, they will follow him. This guy is powerful. And again, we see it in our political uh, world right now. You see it on in, in every form. You see certain Muslims are following power or uh, trends or anything that's famous or you know anything that's popular just to be recognized or just to feel safe or just to, you know, it's the safe choice. So to them in the future, the Antichrist will be the safe choice. Alhamdulillah, they will be minority of the Muslims, but there will be Muslims who will follow him uh, then. Okay. So that is when it comes to religion. In terms of religion, he's, the majority of his followers will be from the Jews. Now, when it comes to gender, and dear sisters, please do not kill me. It's Of course, now you know what I'm going to say. It's women. So the majority of his followers will be from the women. The Prophet ﷺ told us in a hadith, أَكْثَرُ مَنْ يَتِّبِعُ الدَّجَّالِ الْيَهُودُ وَالنِّسَاءِ The majority of people who will follow the Antichrist will be from the Jews, in terms of, again, like religion and belief. And when it comes to gender, it will be women. And Allah, it makes perfect sense. Let me explain to you. One of the minor signs... One of the very interesting minor signs of the Day of Judgment is the increase of the number of women over the number of men. The increase of the number of women. So the and the Prophet was actually in one of the hadith was very specific. For every one man, there will be fifty women. Now, of course, we're not there yet, but it's happening. You can tell. Like if you read all the statistics, the number of women is increasing. However, the number of men will decrease and the number of women will increase. Now, the the scholars have a, a very interesting idea because think about it. Towards the end of time, battles and wars will increase. 
and the majority of you know the, the predominant gender that you know participates is the gender of men the males right so they will die in battles many men will die during you know wars and we said towards the end of time there will be terrible wars many people will die remember we said remember we talked about it in in the last uh, in the season's finale last season in, in uh, talking about the armageddon for every hundred men one will live for every hundred men one will live from these you know battles during the armageddon so yeah it makes sense and of course, you have also the mentality that, <clears throat> by the way, Muslims are non-Muslims. They have that mentality, which is some people, they want they want a child, like they want a boy. I want to have a boy. I don't want to have a, a, a daughter. I want to have a son. So they keep trying. And every time they have a daughter, they try again. They try again until they get that one son and they feel satisfied. That happens. I know I have non-Muslim friends, by the way, who feel that way has nothing to do with the religion or tradition because the religion actually let me tell you this <clears throat> when it comes to the religion Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us and the prophet sallallahu also tells us the beauty of having a daughter which is what a daughter will lead her parents to enter paradise the prophet said if you raise a daughter for the sake of Allah and you make her you know a good muslim a good muslim not you know it doesn't have to be from the elite a good fearing Allah Muslim she will be a block between her father and her mother of course and hellfire she will be a barrier between her parents and hellfire beautiful hadith by the prophet for those who have issues with having a daughter that's why when alhamdulillah you know I received the news that we you know we're having daughters I was very happy because I knew that hadith now, of course, of course, you cannot raise your daughter to fear Allah while you're being a bad human being, right? You can't be a bad parent, a bad person, and raising your daughter for the sake of Allah and teaching her the religion. And Allah is fair. Allah knows that if you do this because you're a good person yourself, you shall, inshallah, have no trouble entering paradise. Daughters are important in Islam. Subhanallah. So anyway, so some people have this mentality that, you know what, if I have a daughter, I need to keep on trying to have that son. So that could be another reason why uh, the number of women will increase. Now, nonetheless, we don't care about the reasons. We know that this is going to happen, and it's a fact. The Prophet ﷺ told us, for every 50 women, there'll be one single man, like 50 to 1. That's the ratio. So that itself could be a reason why the majority of the followers of the Antichrist will be from the women. Now, we know that the women could most likely will be from the Jews, because again, the Jews in terms of belief will be the, you know, his most followers. From them, the majority could be the women, right? But at the same time, there will be Muslim women following the Antichrist. How do we know? The Prophet ﷺ told us in a hadith that when he reaches Medina, and we'll get to that in a, in a little bit, but the majority of the, the, the people who will come out and join the Jews. So when he reaches Medina, when the Antichrist reaches Medina, and I'm, I'm going to tell you the story in detail, inshallah, in a little bit. When he reaches Medina, there will be some hypocrites, some Muslims who are actually not truly Muslims, who are either hypocrites or they are non-practicing, they don't have faith. The majority of the people who will come out and join the Antichrist from Medina will be uh, women, from the Muslim women. 
again, this is nothing, you know, against women. It's just a fact. Because, again, the same rule applies, right? There will be higher number than men. So it makes more sense that they will be, you know, the most followers. So that is that. Now, people will be uh, in need of water and in need of food, right? We said that there will be three years of drought before his emergence. And then he will offer to those who follow him everything they want. Everything they want. You want food? I'll give you food. You want bread? You want whatever? I'll give you. Vegetables? I'm going to... And then how he's going to do it is even more interesting. Because he's going to tell people, hey, do you want to start farming? You will need food? Follow me. Worship me. Admit that I am your Lord. And then when they do... Or he maybe even give them samples before to show them. Like, hey, here's a sample. If you worship me, that's what's going to happen to you. Then what's gonna, what is he going to do? He will command the sky to rain. He's going to look up and he say, rain. And it will rain. Now, this is all by permission from Allah. Allah is allowing all of this. Right? Then he will command earth to produce vegetables, fruits, and it will. Crazy, right? Subhanallah, it's incredible. But that's what's going to happen. This is Allah's ultimate test to mankind or whoever will be alive at the time. Now, people who are completely disbelievers, right? People who believe that God, like we said, a walking human, he could be a walking human. People who believe that the leader, a mighty king who will bring the end of time, right? Is someone powerful and with superpowers. Yeah, it's very easy to believe. Like we said, Muslims, certain Muslims will see that and they're going to be like, yeah, we're on board. You're God. We'll follow you. We'll worship you. Very interesting, subhanAllah. And he will also do other other things. Like, for example, he will have the help of the shayateen, the devils of the jinn, the evil jinn only, of course. They will come and they will be at his aid. And we have actually other, uh, like multiple scenarios how the jinn will help him. We'll talk about certain scenarios that the Prophet specifically told us about. But they will be there helping him. Because again, they want us to fail the test. They want the human who will be alive then to fail the test. It's that simple. So of course they'll help him. And again, Allah is allowing it to happen. Now, our Prophet ﷺ told us something also that's kind of very interesting, which is, now as we know, he will, like we said, he will stay for one year one month, one week, and 37 days, right? Now, do you guys think that this is enough for him to go through every single town on earth? Now, it's also must be noted that we don't know what countries will exist at the time and what countries won't exist, right? We don't know that. That's like a, uh, something that we, we do not know. We do not know the status of the world and what countries will be standing and what countries will be falling at the time. However, it's still a little bit of, you know, one year and a few days is not enough for one individual to go through, you know, every single town that it's existing at the time on earth, right? But then here's what the Prophet told us. He said that he will travel as fast as raindrops pushed by the wind. So think about it this way. I want you to think. You know when, when, when it's raining hard and fast? And then you see that the rain is, is, is being pushed away by the, rain, by, by the wind, right? So when the rain is like not falling straight, 
Like it's not 90 degrees. It's it's falling with uh, an angle because of the wind. The wind is pushing the rain, right? The water drops. So the Prophet is saying, that's how fast you will drop. Like, you know, see the, the, the fast drops of rain that will, you know, uh, that are pushed by the wind. The Antichrist will draw will will travel Earth that fast. Very interesting, Subhanallah. And again, we know that will be there will be the supernatural, and maybe he will be helped by the evil jinn in terms of traveling. Like they will be able because they can fly, right? So they can carry him and you know uh, make him go through every town and, and and so forth. So that is another interesting fact. Now the Prophet Sallallahu also told us something very interesting. He said that he will come. This is a very interesting hadith. He will come with paradise and hellfire. Okay? Like he will come and he will have uh, with him, with him, paradise and hellfire. And he will ask people, do you want to choose paradise or do you want to choose hellfire? Now, the scholars have uh, two different opinions about the meaning of this hadith. The first one is, these will be literal hellfire, like a evil, terrifying-looking place, and a beautiful-looking place like paradise. Now, of course, he's not going to have paradise with him. He can't even see paradise. He won't even enter paradise to begin with. But the illusion of hellfire and paradise will be with him. And the scholars are saying this could be literal, like you, the, the people will see that with him while he's walking. They will be on both sides of his, or he that's a metaphor. Like he will offer people punishment or mercy and salvation. Here's what's interesting about this hadith. The Prophet ﷺ said, when he asks you to choose, if you met the, the jail, if you could not escape, if you know the, it was inevitable that you have to talk to him or you know meet him and he asks you do you want paradise or have fire you say i want hellfire it's it's incredible and then the prophet commented and he said his hellfire is paradise so he will ask you jump in hellfire or go to paradise of course to the weak faith people or the people with no faith at all they will see that this is a freaky looking place. Looks like it's there's punishment. Looks like people are suffering. And this is a beautiful place. I'm choosing the beautiful place. So the Prophet is talking to the believer now. When you see him offering you this, jump in hellfire that he has, that that guy has, and you will find it in actuality a beautiful and a nice thing. And again, it shows you that he is an imposter. He hides the truth. Part of his name, Dajjal. So that is uh, another thing. Now, another interesting thing that he will be allowed to do with the help of the Shoyateen is that he will be able to resurrect the dead. Yep. Now, here's the trick, though. He won't actually be able to. The evil jinn will manifest themselves as dead people. Let me give you a scenario that the Prophet told us about. A very interesting story that will happen during the time of the Antichrist. There will be a man, a Bedouin, a man with a weak faith, someone who will come up to the Antichrist and who will say, you're not, we don't believe that you're God. You're not God, you're a fraud. Now, the man with a weak faith 
cannot see the you know the three letter word the kufr or kafara but he doesn't buy it okay he doesn't buy it so he will say i don't buy that you are god come on get out of here so look the antichrist will ask him what about if i bring your parents back from the dead would you believe that i am your lord again you're obviously the man's parents both passed away i'll bring them back from the dead you know i will resurrect them would you worship me then and the man said of course because there's no human being who could do that then what's going to happen the jail or the antichrist will command two of the evil jinn to take on the form of the man's parents well it's insane the prophet this authentic hadith the prophet told us this will happen this incident will take place and then they will pretend to be his parents they will come to him hug him we miss you son we miss you and then they will tell him oh son believe in him the antichrist he brought us back from the dead to you he is your lord and our lord please believe in him do the right thing and of course the man will say i believe and that is a huge commentary by the way on even today's world like even this will happen towards the end of time but come on how hard could it be you know for us to believe such thing if someone has those powers you're going to find a lot of people who are too shallow too shallow they don't dig deep into anything they just take things at face value and that's it they don't have faith so you have people when and, and wallahi i've seen those people i've talked to them who uh they 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 are muslims for example and they have weak faith and then when they hear any conversation whether it's online or they hear people in real life talking about how islam is backwards islam is a very you know it's a very strict religion for no reason we should live our lives come on man freedom freedom islam is it's weird it's, it doesn't match our world it doesn't match our time they themselves start questioning themselves you see that because they have weak faith they don't know what islam is about they don't know why allah told us you know gave us commands and told us to do certain things that we have to do and forbade us from certain things that we cannot do they don't know the reasoning and they don't know who allah is they don't understand and that's why when people talk whether on media or you know online or whatever they feel embarrassed and ashamed you know of being muslims and they even sometimes and I've talked to them wallahi agree they agree like uh maybe islam is a little bit too much right you, don't you think why do i have to do this why do women have to cover themselves and we talked about that of course at nauseum why it's a little bit too much don't you think and they don't even understand that islam is literally purity in the middle of corruption women covering themselves being modest you know and again there are many i know myself personally many muslim sisters who are not wearing the hijab but they're trying they're like okay it's it's a it's it's, it's a very interesting especially by the way converts new muslims 
Imagine a sister who lived all of her life without the concept of hijab. Why would I cover my hair? It was totally normal to her. You know? And she became a Muslim. She loved Islam. She fell in love with Islam. Now, it's not expected that immediately she's going to wear the hijab and change her entire life. Some sisters do, but some they need time. And at the end of the day, whether they do it or not, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know, give them the strength to do it. But whether they do it or not, it's a billion times better to be a Muslim than a non-Muslim. You know, I always get asked that question. If a non-Muslim lady is married to you know, a non-Muslim man, that's normal, right? Uh, two Christians are married to each other. And then let's say that the sister decides to become a Muslim. Now, we all know what the, the, the problem with that is that if her husband doesn't become a Muslim, he's not allowed to touch her. He's not allowed to be even in the same house because he's not her husband anymore. Muslim women cannot marry non-Muslim men. Okay? So now, there's a big dilemma because what if she does not want to leave her husband? Simple. So do you understand the situation? I, I've literally, I was told about a very specific story of a convert sister who does not want to leave. She loves her husband, but he's not willing to become a Muslim. Not yet, at least, but he's not willing to become a Muslim. Now, there's a big dilemma here because he's in the sight of Allah, by the way, that marriage is nullified. As soon as she becomes a Muslim, that, and, and again, do not be discouraged, uh, you know, that uh, now I can't become a Muslim because I'm married to a non-Muslim. No, hear me out. It becomes a dilemma. And a lot of scholars say this is unacceptable. However, you tell me, is it better for that sister to be living with her husband, a non-Muslim husband? Committing haram. This is haram. It's, it's, there's no, there's no, you know, going around this. This is an unlawful relationship in the sight of Allah. It's a major sin. But is that isn't that better than her not being Muslim in the first place? Because a major sin, you can repent from it later, and Allah shall forgive you. And even if you die without repenting, Allah might forgive you. It depends on Allah's will on the day of judgment. But there is always a chance for you that you're not at least going to spend eternity in hellfire. You're a Muslim. You died as a Muslim. You believed in Islam. You don't think that this is better than dying as a non-Muslim in the first place? Because if you die as a non-Muslim, while knowing about Islam, there's no chance for you. Allah said in the Quran, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفُرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا إِلَّا أَنْ يُشْرَكَ بِهِ Allah could forgive any sin, including living with a non-Muslim husband. Except for shirk. Except for disbelieving in Allah, associating any deity with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of worship. So basically, if you become a non-Muslim, you shall never be forgiven if you die upon anything but Islam. Again, while hearing about Islam and being exposed to Islam. So again, back to the point that some sisters out there, they believe that they could do better. Some brothers out there, they believe that they could do better. And they need time. But we have Muslims who don't want to wear the hijab in the first place. Like, I, I don't believe in it. I don't think it's necessary. That's it. And you have brothers who don't believe in, again, that they should quit anything wrong that they're doing. And there comes the problem. That they, those people with weak faith, that they are internally not happy with Islam... Something like that. That Bedouin, that person who believed that his parents are actually resurrected, 
instead of like seeing the creepiness of it all, like, you know, this is pretty creepy. What is that? And God doesn't have to do theatrical stuff like that. But again, you have no faith. So you'll believe anything, you know, as long as there is this fancy looking and, and, and spectacle. It's like the spectacle. It looks, wow, he just resurrected my parents right now. I better believe that this is God. That a person that when you look at, you can't imagine God. Like this is not God. This can't be God. Yet, and, and, and again, like we said, like exactly like the trial of the grave, those moments we will be tested with our hearts, not our eyes. Because clearly if you use your eyes, that guy is not God, cannot be God. It's a joke. However, many people will believe he's God because it depends on their hearts. Same as the trial of the grave. You will answer the three questions based on your belief, not based on your basic knowledge. Okay? So, yes, he will do that. And he will do that many times. It's not just the Prophet told us one incident that he's going to resurrect. He will keep resurrecting, quote unquote, resurrecting. He's not resurrecting anyone. He's just playing a, a trick. It's literally a scam, literally a scam. And he's using, uh, you know, the evil jinn to sell that scam to people with weak faith. And those people will truly believe in him. Now, we said that he will enter every city on earth except for two places, except for two cities, Mecca and Medina, Mecca and Medina. He will go there and he will be met by angels with weapons. And again, some people are like, why, why do angels have to carry weapons? It doesn't make any sense. Why do they have to carry swords? Well, it's very simple. Go back to the battle of Badr in season four. Angels fought with swords because the law has his own logic. There are rules that Allah, like even the angels abide by Allah's rules. Angels cannot just snap their fingers and just disbelievers will disappear or shayateen will disappear. No, when it comes to this fighting, their angels have to do the work just like humans. They're way more powerful than humans. Of course, they're way more powerful than jinn. Like you can't even compare, but still they have to do the work. This is Allah's wisdom. They have to do the work. Just for those who will ask or question, why would an angel carry a sword? The angel doesn't need a sword to beat a human being like the Antichrist. But it shows you that every angel is you know, following Allah's commands and rules and the laws of their world. So they'll be holding, so again, there will be no fight. They can't even, like the Antichrist can't even fight the angels. He will see the angels carrying swords and basically it's an intimidation tactic and he will just back up. Like he's going to be like, okay, I'm going to walk away now. And he will try to attempt to enter Mecca and Medina, but he will fail. Now, here's the interesting part. A lot of people through this whole like reign of the Antichrist will seek refuge in Mecca and Medina, especially certain believers who will believe that he cannot enter them, right? And a lot of people will be living in Mecca and Medina already, right? Then when he will fail to enter Mecca and Medina, he will stand outside of the gates of Mecca and Medina. He will stand outside of the Haram, basically. He won't be able to enter there. And him and his followers, he has armies. By the way, he started with 70,000 uh, Jewish uh, followers, and then Christians were added, and then Muslims were added. But also he keeps adding people, convincing people that he is God, that he should be worshipped. So that number increased by now. Okay, And he's standing with a massive army, massive army, 
outside of Mecca and Medina. Unable to enter. He knows that fact. Like he, he knows. He sees the angels. He's terrified. He can't enter. But he's just waiting. Like what, what am I going to do now? Then Allah will cause another test. Allah will cause another test to take place. Now, the people inside Mecca and Medina who will feel safe, okay, people inside Mecca and Medina who will feel safe, some of them are hypocrites. Not everyone who lives in Mecca and Medina is a good Muslim. Not everyone who lives in Mecca and Medina is a believer. So now, and that shows you the whole purpose of this, is Allah is basically extracting the hypocrites, the disbelievers from the believers. Allah knows who's who. Allah doesn't need to do all of that to understand who's who. It's, Allah knows that. But this is a test now to reveal them, right? So Allah will cause a massive earthquake inside of Mecca and Medina. Now, when this earthquake takes place, the hypocrites who live in Mecca and Medina, who were seeking refuge in Mecca and Medina, will believe that this antichrist, this guy out there, is the one who caused the earthquake. So they will run outside to meet him and follow him and join his ranks. Isn't that crazy? Subhanallah. So again, Allah will cause an earthquake inside of Mecca and Medina. The hypocrites inside Mecca and Medina will feel the earthquake. They're going to freak out and they're going to say to themselves, this guy caused it. The, 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 the Messiah caused it. God caused it. We're going to go and follow him. And they will. They're going to leave Medina and Mecca and they will follow him, thinking that outside is safer than inside. By the way, they will think that being with him, with the Antichrist, is way safer because now he's the winning side. Remember, we said hypocrites will choose the winning side, right? The safe bet. He was the safe bet. We're going to go. Because now the, the, everything is crumbling. There's a huge earthquake. So I think he is coming for us. So we're going to go join him first before he comes to us. Because, you know, again, being with him is safer than being inside of Mecca and Medina. But of course, little do they know that Mecca and Medina will be the safest spot on earth. The safest two cities or two places on earth. Because he will still not be able to enter them. But regardless, they will, you know, join him anyway. And, uh, you know, uh, again, this is where we mentioned that, you know, this will be the majority women uh, who will join him from, uh, you know, the, the, the people of Medina. But there will be men too, but the majority will be women. And that's what we mentioned before. Uh, and again, they will be thinking that joining him uh, is a, some sort of a protection from his wrath, you know, quote unquote wrath. And, and that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused the earthquake to take, you know, to take place. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused the earthquake knowing that there are still hypocrites among the believers and Allah wanted to separate them. Uh, but yeah, and uh, again, he will still uh, be, you know, not be able to enter Mecca and Medina. But here's a very, very interesting story that will take place. A believer will come out of Medina, okay? And he will be walking around and then a group, you know, some of his, of the, the, the followers of the Antichrist will see that believer. And they will say, where are you going? Where, where, where are you heading? And he will say, I, I want to go talk to that guy, to your leader. Of course, they will be offended. They're going to say, what? Leader? You don't believe that he is our Lord? Do you not believe in our Lord? And he will say, no, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we cannot see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Subhanallah, look, that's that's when you know the definition of God comes in you know in handy now, right? It's subhanallah. You know that you cannot see Allah until the day of judgment. You cannot. And that believer right there, he knows it. So he said, What do you mean, your Lord? No one can see Allah. No one can see God. That's he's your leader. Take me to your leader. And they're about to kill him. So they get frustrated, of course. So the followers are about to kill that believer. And he says something very interesting. He goes, wait, wait, wait. I thought, and obviously uh, the Antichrist will establish a rule that they cannot kill anyone. Even, you know, people who disobey the Antichrist without taking permission from the Antichrist himself, from the Dajjal. So they are not allowed to kill anyone on their own. They have to go back and, you know, bring that person to the Antichrist, to the Dajjal, and then he has to, you know, have make the final decision, basically. So that believer will say that. He's going to say, well, wait, wait, you're about to kill me? I thought you were not allowed to kill anyone unless you take, you know, the permission of the your leader, right? So they'll look at each other and they're going to be like, okay, all right. And then they will grab him. They will take him to the Antichrist. Now, when he goes to the Antichrist, this is a very interesting scene now. The, the, the followers are there. The majority of the followers are around. Now he's, uh, you know, surrounded with his, you know, what I call it, armies, entourage, you know. So the man will walk in with, with you know, caught by or grabbed by those, you know, those followers, right? And then he will say, all people. Now, the believer is talking to everybody around. And he's going to say, all people. This is the Antichrist. This is the Dajjal that the Prophet ﷺ warned us about. Don't you remember? He's talking to the Muslims who are following. No, again, remember, just a few minutes ago or maybe a day or two, some of the quote-unquote believers, where they were actually hypocrites from Medina, they just joined the Antichrist. So he's talking to those people and the other Muslims who you know joined the Antichrist. He will tell them, you guys don't remember? That's the Antichrist. Come on. Open your books. Remember the seerah. Remember the hadith. The Prophet ﷺ told us about this man. And you're following him? And of course, they will you know, look at each other. There is doubt now. There is doubt. Like, they're like, what is he talking about? You know? And we said, remember, people won't be talking about the Antichrist uh, in the time that, you know, when he will emerge. But some people still remember him. You know, again, like I said, talking about him and remembering him are two different things. But people will remember, the believers will remember him, right? And then they, the Antichrist will see that this guy right there, he just caused some, you know, disturbance. People are talking. There's like, you know, mumbling and people are like, you know, whispering. And so he's going to be like, oh, 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 I'm not losing my followers. So he will start torturing that believer, that guy. Now, we don't know his name. We don't have a name for him. Hitting him everywhere. Like his body will be swollen. He will keep on hitting him, torturing him. But again, the man won't give up. He doesn't care. He's like, you are a disbeliever. I see it on your forehead. Ka-fa-ra. Disbeliever or disbelieved or disbelief. I see it on your forehead. You're not fooling me. They're not seeing it because they have weak faith. I see it. I see you for who you really are. Again, the Antichrist will get 
a little frustrated, you know. And by the way, this is this is this will show that now people are kind of wondering what is this guy talking about? What is he seeing that we're not seeing, right? They will keep torturing him, beating him up, and all these things. But then he's gonna wanna, you know, he's gonna again he the Antichrist is not satisfied. He wants to do something bigger. She's gonna look at everybody and he's gonna say this. If I saw this guy in half, if I literally cut him in half, and I walk through him, and I bring him back to life, would you for sure now believe that I'm your Lord? Would that seal it for you guys? And of course, they will say, of course. Are you kidding me? You're going to split someone in half, walk through them, and then put them together, and then they will still be alive? Of course, That means you are God. There's no way that you won't be God. Look, he's desperate. He's desperate, right? He's desperate. He's losing his crowd. He's losing his followers. At least, you know, of course, they're not like believing in what this guy's saying, but he's causing doubt. That believer, he's causing doubt, and he doesn't want that. The Antichrist does not want that. So he will indeed cut him in half, split him open, literally, and he will walk through him. And he will put him back together. And of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will actually allow all of that to happen. Again, it's a test. It's the test. He wants to see who is the believer and who is the disbeliever and who is the hypocrite. So Allah is allowing him to do this like he allowed him to do other things, right? And the man will be alive. And he will look at him and he will say, do you believe? Because they definitely do now. And everybody, of course, will be excited. Yes, this is our Lord. But then the man will say, Wallahi, by Allah, I'm more sure that you are a disbeliever and you're a fraud more than ever before. You just, you know, you, you kind of solidified it to me now. I believe that you are an imposter. You are the Dajjal. You're not Allah. So again, to just to recap what just happened, this guy was literally split open. He was just split open. You know, the Dajjal, he literally cut him in half. Walked through him. So the Antichrist walked through him after he split him open. Then turned around and put him back together. Of course, he was dead while he was split open. Then he turned around in front of everyone and put him back together. And he came back to life. Allah allowed all of this, of course, to take place. That was not because of the Antichrist. Allah allowed it to happen. The Antichrist wanted to do this to, you know, demonstrate to everybody that he is God, right? And Allah let it be. Allah allowed him. He gave him the ability to do so. So now you have this kid who just died for a second, was split open, was split in half. Then he was put back together by the enemy of Allah, right? By this guy, by, by the imposter, and he was brought back to life in front of everybody. Now, you would think this would shake the belief of this believer, this this man, right? Because again, the, the guy was literally, you know, killed him, opened him, put him back, and br- brought him to life. Now, that believer knows that this is Allah allowing all of this. He believes that this man, this imposter, can never do any of this. And he believes in the test. And he believes all of that, subhanAllah. So his iman, his belief became even stronger. And this has a big commentary, by the way, that some people, when they are a subject of a very 
difficult test, they lose their faith. They lose their iman. They start, you know, believing in whatever. Like uh, Allah's not there for me. Allah's not helping me out, you know. But others, and those are the true believers, their iman gets even stronger and more powerful. Why? Because believers know that the people who are tested the most are the best of mankind. By the way, the Prophet said in an authentic hadith, the most tested human beings on the face of this earth are the prophets and the messengers. Does that mean they're bad? Does that mean Allah's punishing them? Of course not. But Allah, the more Allah loves you, the more he will give you in terms of tests. And again, Allah will never give you more than what you can handle. Don't worry about that. Like, don't be like, okay, does that mean if I'm uh, uh, trying to be a believer, Allah's going to keep giving me, you know, calamities after calamities after hardship? No, no, no. If you can handle it, Allah will give it to you. If you cannot handle it, Allah won't give it to you. So now in that case, that believer, subhanAllah, he, his iman, his belief was boosted. It became even better and stronger. Now, the Antichrist is a little bit, you know, he's, he's frustrated now. He's more frustrated with this guy. So he's going to pull out his sword and he's about to strike the neck of the believer. But look at this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will immediately put a copper guard on his neck. It will appear out of nowhere, subhanAllah. So when the Antichrist is about to strike the neck of this man, it will hit the copper and it won't, he won't be able to cut, you know, cut his head off. He won't be able to. He's going to try again, but it's not happening. Again, his neck is literally has a, a copper guard. The sword cannot penetrate it. And people will start again mumbling. What is that? We thought you're the one with the supernatural stuff. What is happening with this kid? Subhanallah. Doubt again will start. And by the way, this, this, this interaction right there, this story, will be the beginning of the end for the Antichrist. This is the beginning of the end now. People, you know, he's losing people now. People are, you know, having doubts. What is happening here? Who is this kid? Who's protecting him? If you're claiming you're God, who's protecting him, right? Which will make him go, you know, to the furthest extent. He's going to get really frustrated. He's going to grab him, the believer, from his, you know, hands and legs. And he's going to throw him in hellfire. Remember we said the Antichrist will walk with, you know, hellfire on his side and then paradise on his side. The illusion of it. Uh, again, it's not an illusion. It's basically... A specific man, Allah will allow him to have those manifestations, by the way. Like we said, the Prophet said, his hellfire is actually paradise and his paradise is hellfire. So if he offers you, hey, go to paradise, the Prophet said, choose hellfire. It is truly a paradise. But for the disbeliever, of course, they see it differently. So when he grabs the believer, the Antichrist gets frustrated with that believer, that person, and he throws him into that hellfire, quote-unquote hellfire. Where did he go? The Prophet even comments. Because the Prophet is the one telling us the story. You know, uh, Abi Sa'id al-Khudri is the one narrating. And the Prophet is the one telling us the story. So what the Prophet said, commenting on this situation, he said, when he throws him into quote-unquote hellfire, he will actually go to Jannah, to paradise. SubhanAllah. Then here's a very interesting remark that the Prophet ﷺ made about the story. This man right there will be the greatest martyr in existence in the sight of Allah. 
You see how many incredible martyrs we have in Islam, right? Martyrs, people who died, Hamza, you know, uh, 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 Sa'd ibn Mu'adh, Umar ibn al-Khattab, all those incredible martyrs. But A'zam, the Prophet said literally A'zam, هَذَا أَعْظَمُ النَّاسِ شَهَادَةً عِنْدَ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ this man will be the greatest martyr in the sight of Allah. And it makes sense. He will confront someone that the Prophet is telling us, run away from. Now, the, the men will confront him not to disobey the commands of the Prophet. It's just because they will be cornered, they will be sieged around Medina. So the man will believe that he has no. And by the way, the Prophet said, if you see him, and if he, you know, forces you to choose between his paradise and he's so that means the Prophet knows that some believers will actually meet the antichrist some believers will see his forehead and they will see the writings on his forehead so it's not like the that the, the, the believer was disobeying the, the commands of the Prophet but obviously he had to go and you know confront the antichrist but subhanallah what a beautiful story and we should learn from it we should absolutely learn from it you know, standing in the face of disbelief, in the face of, you know, whatever the trend is, if it's un-Islamic, if it's contradicting Islam, stand against it. Do not follow the trend. You know, don't be one of them because, you know, they're the popular ones. No. Learn from this, the greatest martyr ever in the sight of Allah. He'll be the only one. Imagine this, the only one. Now, of course, we have believers, you know, that are in Medina, and we actually have believers outside Medina. We'll talk about that in a second. There are believers. Come on, the Mahdi's still there with his army, right? But we're talking about, you know, the hypocrites of Medina decided to join men and women, decided to join the Antichrist, and this man had to go and say something about it. Thinking he could convince those people to, you know, back off or like, you know, to, to reconsider. But of course, there was no reconsidering. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to expose them. By causing that earthquake in the first place. Now, for those of you who you know will say, "Okay, where is where is Al Mahdi in all of this?" Remember Al Mahdi, the leader of the Muslims, you know, the descendant of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the grandchild of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Which remember we talked about him. We had a whole episode about him. He was the transitional sign. Remember Al Mahdi. Where is he? He disappeared after Armageddon and he sent, you know, those uh, those uh, horsemen to scout and look for the Antichrist. He kind of disappeared after that, right? What, what happened to him? Well, Al-Mahdi and the believers, you know, Al-Mahdi will have his army. The, don't worry. Like not all the believers will be running away from, from uh, the Antichrist. Just to let you know, like the Prophet said, for an average Muslim, or I mean the average believer, not the fighter, not the combatant, right? Not, not a soldier. If you find out that the Antichrist is coming to your hometown, just run away. You can't fight him. And again, the Prophet said that some of you will interact with him for sure because they have no choice. But for those who have a choice, just run away. Now let's talk about the the, the fighters. Now the the believers, uh, you know, who are actually you know in in a, in a Muslim army, led by Al Mahdi, they will be fighting. By the way, they will be fighting the armies because by the way, the gel will become very popular. He's going to have massive following, massive following. Like we said, his followers will keep on increasing, so they will keep the Muslims busy 
fighting, you know? So they will be fighting with the Muslims, they will be fighting with the Mahdi and the believers, and they will keep them busy. And there will be many battles. Many, many battles taking place between the Mahdi and the believers versus, you know, the followers of the Antichrist. Now, the Mahdi and the Antichrist won't get face-to-face. Like, they won't fight each other directly, right? It's not going to happen like that. And Mahdi will keep on fighting the armies of, you know, of the Antichrist. Now, here's a very interesting thing. Now, of course, we said that the main, like, the massive global war, the last war, we already discussed that was the Armageddon, right? Uh, but that there will be many battles, like I said, even when we discussed the Armageddon, we said there will come, you know, many battles. There will be battles afterwards, but it won't be as global as the one that we discussed in the season finale last season. Now, th- those many battles will take place. There will be incidents that will take place, certain things that are very, very interesting. The Prophet ﷺ tells us in a hadith, and it's very, very interesting hadith, by the way. The Prophet ﷺ tells us what? The, now, the followers of the Antichrist, like we said, the majority of them will be the Jews uh, at the time, like the Jews of that time, not today's Jews. Or I mean, it depends if the, the Antichrist shows up today, then it's a different story. But like the Jews of the time, they will be the majority of his followers in terms of belief. Now, when they're fighting in the middle of the battle, those people, now Jews and non-Jews, like we're talking about Christians or even Muslims who will be against the believers, they will go and hide, for example, behind a tree or behind uh, like a, a, a big, large piece of rock, right? That, that The Prophet is telling us this, when the disbelievers, the followers of the Antichrist, when they go and hide behind a tree or a piece of rock, which shows you, by the way, civilizations won't exist. It's not like there will be buildings and airplanes, none of that. Think about this. SubhanAllah, all these stories, civilization won't exist during the time of the Antichrist. May Allah have mercy on us. Wallahi. But anyway, now the Prophet said, they will be hiding behind trees and rocks and every single tree and every single rock will speak. That's again, a supernatural element, like we said, will be back. And they will speak and they will say, hey, oh believer, talking to the believers, there is a follower of the Antichrist hiding behind me. Come and get him. And then the believers will go and they will fight them and they will win. Every single time they hide behind any like subhanAllah natural object, like like I said, a tree, a rock or whatever, they will speak. The trees and the rocks. This is, by the way, multiple actually hadith by the Prophet about that. They will speak and they will say, oh, believer, there is a, a follower of Dajjal or Antichrist is hiding behind me. Go and get him. Except for one specific tree called the tree of Gharqad. The Prophet explicitly tells us there's one type of trees called the tree of Shajaratul Gharqad or the tree of Gharqad. It won't tell on the disbelievers it won't tell and the follow on the followers of the antichrist it will keep them hiding behind it subhanallah isn't that very interesting wallahi it's called the tree of warqad and this tree exists right now by the way it does if you look it up online it does exist and by the way it goes by other names there's another name called box thorns and boxwood it goes by two other names that is the tree of Gharqad. You can look up the name, the tree of Gharqad, and it will show you. Here's something very interesting now. Where do you think it exists? Like if you go online right now and look it up, the tree of Gharqad, which the Prophet ﷺ told us about 1,500 years ago. 
This is not new information. This is not something Islam made up 1,500 years ago. If you look up that tree right now, you'll find out that this tree is being planted by the Jews in Palestine. Isn't that very interesting? The Israelis are planting the tree of Warqad right now. The only tree that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that it will never tell on the followers of the Antichrist. Why are they planting it? Allah knows best. That means, subhanAllah, there's something very interesting. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the chapter of Baqarah, verse number 146, talking about the Jews, the children of Israel. Look at this. Allah's saying, by the way, the Jews, and we're not talking about all of them, we're talking about those who studied Islam, those who know about Islam, those who know about you know the, the, the literature of Islam. They know that the Prophet, وسلم, the Jews of Medina, by the way, they back in the day, they knew that the Prophet وسلم, was the chosen one. He was the final prophet and messenger, and they still rejected him. The scholars, those who know the truth. Now, we're not talking about every, again, we're not talking about old Jews here. We're talking about specific type of people who know the religion. They know that Prophet Muhammad Wasallam was the final prophet. Now, that proves, because you have to ask yourself, why are they planting the tree of Gharqad? There is no significance in for that tree in their religion, in their books. Why do they keep on planting it? In Palestine It's a very interesting That means that deep down They believe in our You know uh, In the prophecy of the Prophet the, 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 You know the, the, That situation that will take place And that they will hide behind it And it will basically cover up for them I don't th- I think there's there's no other explanation And Allah knows best that they, 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 Allah alam I do not know Allah knows best Maybe I There's something that You know I don't know uh, in terms of like why they're planting that tree But it's just very fascinating That the Jews right now are planting the tree of Gharqa They've been planting it But again, the, the hadith was 1500 years ago It's not like the Muslims found out that the, the Jews are planting the tree So they came up with this reality or this story No, the hadith was known like 1500 years ago Which is very interesting that subhanAllah they uh, You know they're planting it right now. It's very interesting, but yeah, uh, it's 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 so that the believers will be fighting the again back to the to the story. They will be fighting the the followers of the Antichrist, and every time they hide behind a tree or a rock, those tree the, the trees and the rocks will mention to the believers, "Hey, they're the, the follower of the Jal or the Antichrist is hiding behind me. Go and get him." Except for the tree of Gharqad, which is being planted by Israelis right now in Palestine, right now. It's being planted there. Basically, it's like to them, it's like we want to make sure that these trees are, you know, our allies. So we need to make sure that we plant enough of them so they could protect us. Maybe, maybe that is the reason. Allah knows best. Or it could be something else. Allah, Allah knows best. But it's just, I found it that it's a very fascinating hadith. And the reality of that, you know, they're planting it right now is, is very, very interesting. Anyway, so uh, there will be battles. Muslim Muslims will win the majority of the battles uh, again because the antichrist is not in the picture remember he has superpowers he has jinn who are helping him now when when the antichrist uh will, when he fails to enter mecca and medina he'll be like okay you know what i'm gonna do 
I'm going to head to Jerusalem. I want to finish off those Muslims. They're bothering me. They keep winning certain battles. I want it done. And he's going to go for it. Because, by the way, Jerusalem will be the last stronghold for the Muslims. Led by the Mahdi. Okay? So he's aiming for that last stronghold. He's like, I'm, a, I'm going for the Muslims. I'm going for the kill. I want to end them. End them. All of them. So he's going to take all of his army now. Not the, the, these are not many armies anymore. This is the entire army of the Jal. He's going to lead them to Jerusalem. That's why Jerusalem is significant in terms of like the end of time. Jerusalem. And the Mahdi and the rest of the Muslims will be there. And they will barricade. Now, in terms of numbers, the Muslims are f- way far less than the, the, the army of the, the Antichrist. And by the way, again, like I said, he will be supported supernaturally. Now, the Muslims will be barricading, you know, putting up defenses, and they will be all the rest of the believers. Imagine, all the believers will be inside uh, of Jerusalem. Then the Antichrist will take his army, they will approach, and they will siege the city. Now, they're going to keep, you know, trying to break down the walls, trying to, you know, break the gates of the city. They will try, they are, again, this is a legitimate war. They want to end the, uh, the Muslims. Then the Muslims will realize this is, this is, this is a very tough battle to win. And then Mahdi, you know, he's like, have patience, have Iman, have faith. So then Fajr time will come. The, 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 the prayers of Fajr, the dawn prayers, it will come. And then he will uh, tell all the Muslims, leave everything. They will have sp- certain guards, of course, still guarding. But the rest of the Muslims, the rest of the Muslim army, let's go and pray Fajr. Look at this, my dear brothers and sisters. This is the end of humanity as we know it. It's about to happen right there. Because if the Dajjal wins this battle, what happens? No more believers, no more humanity. That's it. Only wickedness will live on earth. And Mahdi knows it, and the rest of the Muslims, they know it as well. But guess what's more important than the end of humanity? Salah. Prayers, my dear brothers and sisters, please. Throughout the entire podcast, I always emphasize the five daily prayers, at least, at minimum. Look, they're in the middle, not in the middle of a regular battle. This is literally as like, you know, sci-fi movies. This is the battle for the soul of mankind, like they say in certain movies, right? This is the battle for humanity. This is a global battle. It's like fighting an alien race. That they're just not aliens. They are supporting someone who is claiming to be God. And if they win, it's game over for mankind. Yet, they say, no, no, no. Fajr time is coming. Let's make wudu and go pray. So they all go pray and they're making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, it's a very dire situation if you think about it. I mean, look at it this way. Someone is having the majority of mankind with him right now. The majority of mankind. They are all coming to attack the few believers who are left on earth. 
dire situation. And logically speaking, they will not win this battle. They won't. Logically speaking. But we'll pray Fajr and we'll make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to basically uh, help us. Because only Allah at this point can help us. I mean, Allah is the only one who would help us regardless, but we are helpless right now. We can't do anything. So it's only up to Allah. And they're about to pray. Now, they didn't start praying. This is what their, you know, their, their, their train of thought. They're like, we're going to make dua, we're going to pray Fajr, and we're going to be sincere, and inshallah, Allah will help us win this battle. And in this depressing atmosphere, this very depressing atmosphere, this imagine, like, you know, imagine this. You are outnumbered. And yet, I'm about to pray. The Mahdi is about to lead the Muslims in the prayer. He's the Imam now. He's about to lead the Muslims. And in this dire situation, in this desperate situation, they're about to pray and someone walks in out of nowhere inside the masjid in Jerusalem. And lo and behold, it is Jesus Christ. Isa alayhi salam sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to aid the Muslims and fight in the final battle. And all the Muslims will look and they will see Isa alayhi salam, Jesus Christ himself coming back as Allah and Prophet Muhammad sallallahu promised that he will come back towards the end of time to defeat the Antichrist. Now with that beautiful ending, I'm going to leave that cliffhanger and inshallah we'll continue in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.